2: Welcome into the OBR Film Breakdown. It's your host, Jake Burns. We are brought to you on the Blue Wire Podcast Network by our good friends at TickPick. A reminder about the folks at T I C K P I C K dot com. They do a fantastic job of being the original no fee ticket site. What you see when you're checking out will be the same price as what you saw advertised when you find the seats. Okay, so if you're looking for tickets to the Lions game, the next home game, take advantage of the offer by going to tickpick slash. Breakdown, that's the only way. You got to go to tickpick.com slash breakdown. If you happen to find a cheaper seat on another site, they'll match it up to 110% if you can file proof of that. So, take advantage of what they're telling you. They're the cheapest option in the market. They give you a range of rates on deals. They give you opportunities near the stadium. A whole bunch of different things. Ubers, restaurant reviews. Their website is fantastic. Take advantage of tickpick.com slash breakdown. Get $10 off your first use of the website. All right, we transition to the game where this is going to be a different offensive comprehensive breakdown. Usually I do defense first then offense, but... With what's going on with the offense, I think it's paramount to have discussions about it because while the defense has been disappointing to an extent, they're not the bigger issue. The bigger issue is this offense that we thought was going to be fantastic and carry the Browns just like it did for large portions of last year, but this year there there's something going on, and getting to the crux of it is what we're going to try to do a lot of today. From a data perspective, the Browns in this game uh, 306 total yards. Uh, We know they only obviously scored 10 points, 19 first downs, plenty of first downs. The problem was third downs, three for 10 0 for one on fourth down 58 offensive plays, only 96 net rushing yards. Second time they've been held under hundred this year. That's it's not normal for them. I thought Pittsburgh dominated the line of scrimmage and run game. And I also didn't love how the Browns went about rushing the football. I think wide zone is tough to do on Pittsburgh's front And they did not diversify themselves up front the way I would have loved to have seen. So that's a different discussion. Um, 210 passing yards and then 28 minutes of possession. From a perspective of the 58 plays, 11 of them came from, sorry, 33 plays came from 11 personnel. One running back, one tight end, three wide receivers. So that's a high number in a pretty close game where the Browns were up for a good portion of the game. That's an interesting number that keeps creeping up. Multiple wide receivers. That number is going to end up being higher than it was last year. The use of 11 personnel. 10 snaps of 12 personnel. 15 snaps of 13 personnel. So that's three tight ends, one back. And then uh, note there were two efforts to run plays with 21 and 22. That's a fullback, but they did not actually run a play. One was a pass interference call. And then one was a delay of game where they didn't go for it on fourth down motion on 40 of 58 snaps. So that high volume continues and I'm sorry about my voice or my, my breathing probably sucks too. I'm under the weather. I'm trying to do the best I can. So sorry if that's a bit annoying, try my best a uh, nine play action plays out of 58, which you would think that's low, but that's about where they've been. They ran 16 against Denver but that's a high number. That's the highest they've had all year. They're usually in that 8 to, 8 to 13 range on the year. Six screens, again, about on par. They were successful in screen game. And Pittsburgh only blitzed them six times. So, other data numbers to look at here. Baker Mayfield on the day. When kept clean, he was 17 of 25 for 190. Should note that he was 20 of 31 for 225. No touchdowns, no interceptions on the day when kept clean, 17 of 25, 190. He had a 79.9 pass grade in those scenarios. Again, where he struggles, under pressure, 10 dropbacks where he found pressure. He was 3 of 6 for 35 yards. Um, so a 46.2 pass grade, not blitzed. He was 16 of 26, 153 yards, 65.5. And then Wind blitzed. He was 4 of 5, only 6 dropbacks when blitzed. He was 4 of 5 for 72 yards, 73.1 pass grade. So it comes out to a 69.3, about where he's been all year. He's the 25th-ranked quarterback for the for the network right now in terms of just sheer grade. Uh, he was 4 of 8 in play-action attempts in this game, um, although there were 9 dropbacks. He was 4 of 8 for um 65 yards non-play action 16 of 23 for 160 he had 36 screen yard uh completion yards he dealt with six drops we'll talk about that in a minute non-screen play 16 of 25 for buck 89s if you just remove those that's what the data would look like he did not have a big time throw did not have a turnover worthy play average distance of target on the game was 6.8 which is low the cpoe was not great in this one not going to bore you with that data or trying to explain it to you. Moving down the line, and we're going to talk a lot about Baker here in just a little bit. Running back grades, Dearness Johnson with a 65.2. He had nine um, yards after contact. He had four attempts, 22 yards of touchdown. He had two runs of 10-plus yards, which is good to see in just four attempts. And uh, he had a he had a pretty nice day when he did get the football the backfield. And then... Nick Chubb had a 52.9 grade. I did not think it was a very good Nick Chubb game. I thought he missed some some cuts and I just kind of feel like his legs with the with the calf issue was not surprising coming back from a calf strain like he did. He only forced one missed tackle. He had hit a long of 21 yards. He ran five zone schemes, 11 gap schemes, but uh did not have his usual extra notch. Just again, he's coming back from a calf injury. I just and I also just didn't think he played He didn't play all too well. Both backs did pass block pretty well. High 70 grades there. Nick did catch one ball for eight yards. Dearness Johnson caught one ball of three targets for seven yards. He had two drops. One hit him in the hands, one hit him in the face mask. So that's worth noting. He contributed two of the six, so that wasn't great. Um, Down the line, now looking at receiving grades, Harrison Bryant had an 81.9. He caught both targets for 33 yards. David Njoku, criminally underutilized, 72.4. Demetri, uh, he went 3 of 3 for 39. Did uh, Njoku Felton, caught one target for 14 yards. Chubb won for 8, 62.6 grade. Richard Higgins caught 2 of 4 for 27 of 59.1. Jarvis Landry caught 5 of 10. He's a credit. He got credit for two drops in this one because the Minka Fitzpatrick won on the final play there of the Browns' fourth down was a pass breakup. His goes a 54.3 Austin Hooper with the 53.5. He caught four of six targets for 26. He gets credit for a drop on the ball that touched his hands or Higgins also got credit for a drop. And then Odell caught one, uh, one catch on one target on a screen pass for six yards. Obviously his pass interference did not, did not count. We'll talk a much more about Odell later uh, with our guest from a run blocking perspective. Wyatt Teller, um, uh, from from sheer numbers had an 83.4 grade great in gap schemes jc treader this is when it goes downhill for pretty much everybody else petonio 65.5 treader 47.1 jedrick wills 44.3 blake Hans 45.0 and before he went out jack conklin 51.5 not very many good run blocking grades David Njoku on 13 run blocks at a 71.9, so that's a a solid grade. And then in zone, Joel Batonio stood out with an 82.3 and 8 reps in that scheme. Otherwise, again, I did not think the Browns handled the point of attack very well, which is all too common when they have played Pittsburgh throughout the years. From a pass-blocking perspective, those along the front, Jedrick Wills had a 68.9. That's your highest pass-blocking grade for anybody. Of the offensive lineman. He did allow five pressures though. So it was boomer bust. For Jed Wills in this game. 67.5 for J.C. Treder. Wyatt Teller 66.4. 62.9 for Joel Batonio. And then Blake Hance. With a 19.1 pass block grade. He gave up four pressures. And then Jack Conklin had a 17.1. When he was on the field. The true pass sets were. Just as bad for pretty much everybody else. Those obvious passing situations I always talk about. Jedrick Wills, fifty-eight point nine, JC Treder sixty six point two, Wyatt Teller seventy-two point nine, and then Batonio eighty four point three. So actually collectively they went up in those true pass set scenarios. But Hans 28.0 and Conklin 48.4. They ended up pass blocking better than they ran. They ended up run blocking, but not not a game that you would write home about for the Cleveland Browns in terms of overall performance. If you look at the collective offensive grades, 57.4 for the team. That's the lowest grade they've had all year. The next closest was 65.1 against the Vikings. So that's bad. As a team, I know this is just offense, but this is their team's worst grade too. The pass grade was 69.3. That's actually their fourth worst game of the year. They, they had worse games against the Broncos. Cardinals and Vikings from a grade perspective. The pass blocking numbers were the worst in terms of any game this year, 50.1. Receiving grade lowest of the year, 54.9. Run grade collectively, second worst game of the year. The only one worse was the Cardinals. They had a 58.9 in this game at a 52 against the Cardinals. And then their worst run blocking grade of the year, 56.0. So the offensive line should not, as far as this game goes, should not escape criticism they did not play very well they played poorly we'll break that down on the chalk talk coming up on uh, on your tuesday night here but that that part of it is probably gets lost in the shuffle because we're looking to blame a bunch of different people or whoever you want to pin this game on but there are big picture things with this offense we need to talk about i think it's important to have those discussions and try to figure out the crux of where they are collectively So less important to do comprehensive breakdowns, more to just have conversations about what's going on and why it's happening. So uh, I brought on Jordan Zern from The Checkdown, who I think has great perspectives on this thing. And yeah, let's get over to that interview now. It's a long one, but I think we flush out a lot of stuff that needs to be talked about. So let's get over to Jordan's conversation right now.
1: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all That's indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
2: All right, so we're talking Browns offense, and we're all trying to make sense of it. We've talked about it in Twitch postgame. You heard me lay out the statistics a little earlier in this pod, the numbers, where it all, where it comes and goes for this group, which is just a mystery, not just to not just to us, but national people covering it. So I wanted to bring on Jordan Zerma to check down because I think Jordan has pretty great perspectives of this. And that's what I'm trying to do. I did it with Doug LaMarie last week. I'm doing it with Jordan this week. Jordan, how are you, man?
0: I'm good, man. Um, I know you're, you've been battling a little bit of uh, a little bit of, I know it's cold, it's heavy cold season in in Ohio right now. Uh, so uh, I'm good. I know you're fighting through it. So, uh, you know, but uh, as we said before, we start recording. We we battle on. You know, we just battle. Man. We're on to, you and I are on to Cincinnati. You know, so we're on, on to
2: Cincinnati, right? The germs are stuck to the walls <laughs> of this household, dude. It's not getting any better for a while. But I got no, I got no choice. I got, I got no choice here, man. I got to battle through. We got to get to five and four. But before we get to five and four, we got to talk about how the heck they fell to four and four, and it centers on an offense that is still stuck in the mud. I, I, I. Listen, I think they feel slow. I think they feel lethargic. I think they almost feel bored. We're gonna get more granular, but from an from a perspective of like just looking at the holistic product, I feel like there's an element of something missing. Maybe the failure's adding up, Jordan, from everybody. We had these expectations. We were really good last year. What the heck's going on this year? And some of it's going on in KC too. They're, it's not like a specific to Cleveland thing, but to me, it just feels like everybody, including Kevin Stefanski, who's not been infallible in this whole operation, is like, what do we do? I don't know what to do. We have too much talent. Why can't we put this together? There's just this general feeling of blah. I don't know what other way to put it, man.
0: Yeah, um, I think that's the best way to put it. It is, you know, it's interesting. You mentioned Kansas City and I, you know, I'm just getting home from, I I work for during the, during the Monday night game each week. And so I just sat through that barn burner that was uh, Kansas City, New York. And, you know, you mentioned um, like sort of the Kansas City offense and, and how, you know, watching them, you're just like, man, it, it almost feels like similar Vibes aside from the fact that you know they got a super bowl and went to two super bowls, and the browns didn't quite reach those heights. But there was a you know they they love to run that like fun, fancy, weird stuff when they're in the red zone, especially near the goal line. And they love they still run that little you know, like Mahomes will take the snap and then he'll sort of shovel past it to Kelsey, who's like kind of like fakes like he's going out for a route and then sort of turns around and waits for it. And yeah. You know, the word I've used a lot for the Browns is like it feels formulaic this season. And I think that play from the Chiefs tonight, like they ran it, uh, they were trying to run some clock. It was the end of the game, but they they bar- like they shoveled it to Kelsey and he got hit immediately. It was like, it was for no game. And it feels like, I remember watching that play and be like, man, that, that play is so tired. And I think defenses have seen it so much at this point that it's like not really even that enjoyable to watch anymore, you know? And that play just reminded me, of the Browns offense where it's like all the stuff they were doing last season when it was brand new and Stefanski's offense was brand new and they were just executing it at a, at a higher level. And I do think it was a little more creative last year, but like all that sort of worn off and I'm watching the Browns on Sunday and it just feels like, Oh, there's another tight end screen, you know. Oh, there's like a little screen to the running back. Oh, there's that. I was I was texting you earlier, and I was like, oh, there's that little same like three level over route concept that they've run. Like there it is again. And like Mm -hmm. I don't remember noticing it as much last season as I am this season, where it's just like, yeah, it feels so much more formulaic and not exciting or, or that enjoyable and i think there's factors that go into it and we're obviously we'll touch on on baker and how he's played and all that but like yeah there's just something missing where the excitement from it is gone a little bit and it almost just feels too prepackaged and too like you know we're, there's no um outside of the structure they don't do anything and Uh, that's become a huge problem. Um, you know, that's always been a little bit of an issue, especially with Baker, but like this year it has just been really glaring. And so if there's something I can like really, like you said, it's a little hard to put fully into words, what exactly is missing, but it just feels like they can't do anything that isn't this pre-packaged, perfectly blocked, perfectly schemed up stuff. And they've had a lot of injuries. Um, uh, everywhere on the line their receivers they've had guy uh, baker everybody's been hurt and when that happens like you can't just rely on this prepackaged stuff and i think that to me is the biggest thing they're running into
2: but some of it too could be hey we haven't even been able to get odell to practice like we haven't even been getting we can't For get sure. him on the field we can't barely get david on the field because he's dealing with a knee baker's dealing with the shoulder there could be some of that where they almost are regimented because that's that's the baseline stuff they know and Kevin can't put in a bunch of different wrinkles because they're not out there doing it all week. So it's not easy to do. I wonder if you got to ask the Kevin that question, hey man, You know, it's pretty obvious teams have a feel for this offense and not because this is like teams have a feel for Kevin Stefanski's offense. Watch wide zone offenses over the course of there's ebbs and flows. People figure out Shanahan stuff every now and again. There have been rough patches for the Rams like they figure it out. But it's like, how do you start to create different things off of it? And if you want to, how are you able to because of the practice time, because of the availability of guys, you can whiteboard it. But if you're not. Getting out there and running through it in team period a couple days of the week in practice, it could I could see where they don't have faith in doing those things. But you're right. It is completely and utterly formulaic. They're in empty. They're running stick concept 80% of the time where it's just perfectly. They call it spacing, and it's a little stick route yep. by number two, three runs a stick route, maybe get a vertical route by number one outside, and Baker's just picking a side. Whatever he pre-snap thinks is open, he picks aside. They run that all the time from empty. Hooper caught a couple of them yesterday. You're right about the levels concepts. They run half-field read levels concepts all the time, trying to give Baker high-low reads. They very rarely run full-field right-to-left reads. They run a lot of two-man route concepts because they want to keep protection in. So there's some issues with the vanilla nature of this, but I also think you have to ask the question... Why do you think Kevin Stefanski's doing it? Pretty smart guy. Probably having a lot of the same discussions we're having. There's probably a reason why they feel like they can't do some of these things. At least to me, it would be something that I would consider before going at Kevin Stefanski too. And we're like you said, we're going to talk about Baker, but if they could execute some of these basic things, and this probably ties into a bigger picture issue where. We t- I touched on it with yesterday's sort of game recap where everything is snowballing. Like they get 10 guys to do it right and one guy's messing up. And it feels like to me, everybody's in the huddle thinking, man, I don't want to be that one guy because that sucks. And it's like six drops later and uh, a missed read or a missed route, or a missed chip block, or a missed cut block on on an outside zone, or a missed cut by a running back, and you're that guy. And it just feels like there's pressure. I have to do it right. I have to do it right. I have to do it right. And then when everything comes together, the ball gets dropped. Or when the receiver runs the perfect route, creates separation, the ball sails high. Or the read is missed. And it's like this, I feel like they have the weight of the world on them right now. It's not a lack of trying, Jordan. I think they're trying really hard. It's just like these are humans and it's not it, like, it's just not clicking. And sometimes that happens, right? Yep.
0: No, it a hundred percent does. And I think like, I wonder how differently we feel about, um, that game yesterday or how the game looks. If Hooper doesn't drop that pass on, um, I forget whether it was first, I think it was first down, um, when they got all on their first drive, when they got all the way down to whatever the seven yard line, and he would have caught that at the two and maybe like i don't think he gets into the end zone but maybe he's at the one and they hopefully can just punch it in from there instead they run it for no gain and then baker gets sacked and you settle for a field goal and it's like um how different do you feel because that was a great drive and you know obviously it is those first 15 scripted plays and like that is um you know stefanski is phenomenal at scripting those first 15 plays and they moved right down the field really without any sort of resistance and and you do wonder like if they score a touchdown on that drive, how do they feel about it? And, but you're right. It's that one thing. It's one drop from Hooper. It's a missed block. Like you said, a missed read. Um, It's a running play, losing yardage and they're behind the sticks and they really are struggling now when they have to, you know, drop back on, on third and longs. you can look at their stats on, on third and fourth downs and their efficiency there and it's pretty horrendous. And um, but yeah, it, it is very much, there are, it is unfair to, um, I think, look at the Browns offense outside of context. I think the stuff that I've seen uh, kind of going at Stefanski is also hundred percent pretty unfair. And I agree with you. He's a very smart offensive mind. And I think he is, he has been handcuffed because of injuries. Like you said, the practice stuff there is, you know, we'll, we'll get into Baker, both his injuries and just his limitations that have become a little bit more glaring this season where, they probably can't run some of the stuff that they would like to run. And they really have to just scale it back, especially if, you know, I cannot imagine that, that there have been, there haven't been discussions between Baker and Stefanski. Like, look, man, I'm going to, pre- I'm going to try and protect that shoulder because if you get hit there again, it could really be damaging long-term to you. And we're going to try to just really limit that. And, and that is absolutely going to you know hold them back from exactly what they can do. I, w- I would be shocked if, the offense continued to feel like this. I think they're going to make adjustments. I think, you know, they'll get to their bye and they'll take that time especially. But, man, it is um, – it's tough right now because of – I think I agree with you 100% that there's the expectations that they had and the pressure that comes with that and where they are right now. It does feel like, man, we, we got to do this. I got to be the guy. We got to score here. And it's just – it feels so much harder than it should be. Like, this offense has never felt hard to me. And this season, these last couple games, it's just felt – so hard for them to just really move the ball. And that and that's tough because that's not what this offense has been since Stefanski has gotten here.
2: Yeah, anytime there's a third and long, I have the uh, NFL stat cast up and then I have my game on YouTube TV, which is ahead of the game, I just know what it's mm-hmm. going to happen. It's a sinking feeling, mm-hmm. incomplete. It's like it just – the whenever they get behind the sticks, whether they run for a negative yardage game, a negative situation, or they get a holding call, it is – okay, well, I guess they need a miracle. They need a screenplay to pop up because I'll be honest, like the only time I felt like, man, the Browns have had some pretty schemes is in screen game because that's something that they're able to consistently practice for the most part. And it doesn't change a whole bunch. It only really affects four people on any given play. And that's really it. They have not had a chance to go crazy with really like, how many times have you thought this year? oh, man, that was an awesome scheme. Like, that was really, really fun. There has not been a ton of that. And I don't know whether to attribute it all to injuries and lack of cohesiveness and practice and all of it. It could. It makes logical sense. But I don't know. I don't know. You'd have to get some truth serum into Kevin to figure out why. Uh, but it to me, I, I think Kevin's done a great job this year. Not good. I think he's given them plenty of opportunities to score. But there have been times where I've been like, hmm, You know, the fourth and one where they ran a slow developing counter into a loaded box like it didn't love that. Yep. You get back out there on fourth and one when you really needed momentum and you didn't go for it and you hadn't. It's like, man, they're playing nobody over the nose. Can we I know Baker's shoulders hurt a little bit. Can we we sneak it? Like, can you can you sneak it for a yard? Yeah, Jake, that know. was the
0: first time that that's the first time the punt on fourth and one from yeah. their own 50 was the first time that i thought like kevin really got in his own head i mean yeah. maybe he has you know we talk about some of those um some of his play calling kind of you know in the kansas city playoff game where he admitted you know he he wished he could have some of those play calls back and um but i that was the first time where i was like what are, what just happened here? Like that is not, that's not him. I don't, I think if he could do it again, he would go for it. I'm not sure what happened there. If he just didn't want to fail on fourth down again and have to like deal with the questions that are going to come with it. But man, like you can't coach like that. And that was really the first time that I saw a little bit of a, you know, a little cut in the armor, I guess, because that was like an, I, I, there was no question in my mind they're going for it. I don't care how many fourth downs you fail at, like you still mm-hmm. go for it in that situation. And man, when they, that punt team came out, I was like, whoa. Um, and well, that's
2: I think, sort of just really right.
0: emblematic. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I, I, I think that's the, that's where I realized everybody on this offense is impacted by the stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Like that to me is Kevin dropping a, a, a third and two pass. Like that's the same thing. He just let the moment get on top of him. I don't want to have to answer these questions after the game. If we fail another time, I don't have faith in this group. Yep. It just, it added up. And it's like, you know, I like to kind of close on Kevin. I think he's done a really good job. I do think the red zone stuff has been pretty bland. I I, I think that like when it gets to first and goal from the nine or eight, I'm like, oh, God, God. Like, I, I just yep. don't have any faith they can figure it out. I think he could get more creative down there, but for the rest of the field, I think they've been fine. There are opportunities to throw the football with some more creativity. We'll see if they can find some of those as the year wears on uh, and and they maybe get more time to work together. I don't know. It's, it's always a thing to remind ourselves they're four and four they're not 1 and 7 you know like we we thought if they could get to 7 and 4 by the first baltimore game they'd have a chance that's all very much in front of them they could still figure this out but they need to do some sort of diversification and i don't know if kevin is going to step away from because I think like you know if you're expecting Kevin Stefanski to get up in front of the press and be like hey man our quarterback has to play better or hey our our left tackle yeah, our right tackle yeah. situation we lost Jack Jack Conklin it screwed us he's never going to do that he's going to literally do what Hugh Jackson did with gotta watch the tape but in a way that is like true like I think I have to be better he will always say yeah. I need to be better he will always take blame he will never throw someone under the bus if he does that'll be a day that we're all like whoa. That's serious. So if you're, again, if you're expecting him to be like, hey man, break it down, he won't do it. He's always, keeps everything contained. So, yeah, I mean, like, I just, I don't have a problem with Kevin. If you're clamoring that he needs to give play calling up, I think you're wrong about that. Uh, You're entitled to your opinion, but I think you're wrong about that. But uh, again, it just kind of comes down to the fact that everybody on the offensive side, not just the players, but the coaches are feeling this, this weight, and um, it really showed itself in the second half, uh, especially the second half, where you know, I, I they ran they're running similar schemes week to week. They're running a lot of things that are working. I think in giving them chance, like the Jarvis slant was the identical, mm-hmm. like the one he fumbled on, identical play in the Denver game. They run it all the time. It's just a quick flash fake with a backside slant. They did they, the play that Jarvis got hurt on in the Denver game. Keenum threw it to him in late the fourth quarter. Same play. He just fumbled. He fumbled on this one. So they're doing a lot of the same things. And I think if you, this conversation would be different. A lot of conversations would be different. If they're catching the football. If the Minnesota game, if Baker puts it on Odell a couple times, you know, if they could yep. complete that ball to Richard Higgins in the, in the Chargers game, if they don't trip, fall, throw an interception in the Chiefs game, these are different conversations. So I, again, I've left here. We'll kind of, again, I'll close with let you close on Kevin. I think he's been fine. Is there room for improvement in this? scenario sure but also i think kevin has to be really perfect like if he doesn't call the perfect play like hey hooper is or sorry we just had to have blake Hans come in at right tackle oh, i forget and i and they, we should shout out to him getting a little out in the weeds here but we should shout out the football the athletic football show which is they did yep. a great job talking about this and this is kind of where you and i wanted to get together to kind of talk about some of the things they said it's like the 52 minute mark is that what you said it was they start talking yeah about it's the like Browns.
0: 52 52 30 and um yeah they I mean the whole it's 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 definitely one of my um now that I have a commute into an office again it's become really my go-to the their Sunday they record a Sunday night but they, I listen to it on Mondays they really kind of recap a lot of the games going on in the league and they're just very very good at it but yeah this week's um came out yesterday if you go to yeah 52 30 mark they sort of Uh, the breakdown um, from their perspective, like why the Browns offense has become so kind of stagnant. It's just very good.
2: It is. It's good. It's Nate Tyson, Robert Mays. They do a nice job and they made the point about Kevin's got to do all these elements, right? Because like you mentioned earlier, Jordan, they don't get anything out of structure, anything created, anything where oh God, everybody's covered. How does this, this play's breaking down? How can we make a play happen? They're not getting that. From their quarterback so and again you don't have to always have that but I'm telling you as a play caller it's nice to know I didn't call the perfect play but that SOB made a play for us got us a first down that's what we see across the the league the best offenses so maybe you forget to get a chip on on TJ Watt but that's okay because you can step up slide out of the pocket make a throw down field none of that creativity is happening so the pressure of the world is on Kevin to dial up the right play at the right time you know what I'm saying
0: yeah, no, it is. And I mean, I think this will nicely kind of transition us into to talking about Baker and and the guy that's, you know, running this whole offense. But it is like I do think Kevin. Yes, I think Kevin is remains a very good coach, a very good offensive mind. And he is having to sort of design this offense right now with a lot of things in mind, like you like we've just touched on from the injuries to like Baker's injuries to the line stuff to there there remains you talk about the weight that remains this thing and this the the cloud of like just getting odell the ball and it continues to not happen and he continues to get asked about it like there are just things that are happening that are i'm sure are weighing on them and that that creates a lot of pressure for both the players and and the play caller and i like i said i would be shocked if like adjustments aren't coming and they try uh, different stuff here and there, like you said, their screen game is still. They ran the graphic during the game yesterday is still the best in the NFL by a wide margin. Like they still do certain things really, really well. And before, um, I don't know if the, I don't think the updated DVOA comes out until tomorrow. But the Browns before this game against the Steelers were still like sixth in the league in offensive DVOA. Now, now that may drop off a little bit after that performance, but like they're still a top ten offense by DVOA. Like they still do really good things. It's just that. Um, yeah, I they're good at the very specific things they do that have to be sort of perfectly run. And the further you go into the season and the more injuries you have to deal with and the more teams have on film, like it's just going to be harder to do. But I think that, and I, I guess I'll kind of transition us here, Jake, to just, I think there just really has to be a sort of realistic view of what Baker Mayfield is allowing um, this offense to do. And... I think that like, you know, Baker was fine yesterday. I think I see a lot on Twitter just about like, ah, this, this loss isn't on Baker. This is on, you know, Jarvis fumbling and the drops and Odell's drops. And like, yes, there were some very crucial drops and that turnover that maybe the Browns win the game. um, If those things don't happen, but even if the Browns had won that game yesterday, let's say they get one more touchdown and they win 17 to 15, like, I, yeah. I don't feel good about it. It feels yeah. like, okay, great. They won. They got through that game. That's what it would have felt like. Be like, okay, you know, it's a division game, always huge. Like, the AFC is so wide open right now. Like, just any win against any AFC opponent, especially in a division, is huge. But I think we just see, and we've seen now, for most of this season, just the limitations that this team has with, with Baker as their quarterback. And... I think there's just the structure thing. To me, it all comes back to that. Like can Baker Mayfield put this team on his back when they're out of their game script and they have to drop back and throw and they have long third downs or they have a drive they need to go on at the end of the game to win. And they've got to just run some plays where like, look, man, go through your reads and then just make something happen. And that is not happening with Baker. And, I know that there is the shoulder and the labrum and like, I can't imagine what it's like having to play with that. But at the same time, I think we'd still be having these conversations if Baker was fully healthy. I I don't to me. And like, if I have to be bad cop on this stuff, I'll do it. It's like, I just don't at this point to me, it's like, I think Nate Tyson, we mentioned the athletic show. I think Nate said something really smart and that, Baker has to realize like kind of who he is as a quarterback and what his limitations are. He is not super athletic. He, even when he scrambles outside the pocket, he, he does not move very fast. He's not getting a ton of yards on the ground and he still is bailing out of the pocket so early after his first read isn't open, he is double clutching as much as I've seen since 2019. Even, you know, the, much talked about play to Odell where there was a lot of back and forth on Twitter about
2: a lot of lines being drawn get... on pictures. Oh, oh man. My, good, of my, goodness.
0: Stuff going on. my goodness. I made the mistake of getting into that conversation and I instantly regretted it. But like, <laughs> y- you know, I think you guys at the orange and Brown report like tweeted out the all 22 of it. And Baker takes for whatever reason, like a double hitch on the throw when he did not need to. And had he just let that ball go on his first hitch o b j probably catches that ball and doesn't have to worry about that safety coming across and like it maybe it maybe he makes a catch, maybe he drops it, whatever, but even I thought that was so emblematic, like that little second hitch that he took because for whatever reason, he just wouldn't let the ball go, and like I just think you're you're really seeing the limitations of your quarterback and what this offense is able to do with this quarterback. And, you know, I I, I rambled a little bit here and I'll let you get in on this, but like just the idea, this idea of structure and how outside of structure, the Browns just cannot do anything. And that all comes back to their quarterback. I don't care how many receivers have dropped the ball. I don't care if there's a turnover here or there, like to me, it's, it, it begins and it ends with Baker and he is not making plays outside of his first read. I think Nate Tice called him. It's, it's one read and done right now. And that's been a concern with Baker his whole time in Cleveland and it is rearing its head right now. And it is just, I think we need to like have a little bit of a gut check here on like what Baker is. And I think this is what it is. And that becomes a much bigger issue um, when we talk about moving forward the rest of the season and, and sort of beyond. And that's sort of Jake, that's sort of where I'm stuck with it. It's like, we know what he can do within structure Structure's not going well right now. So when structure's not working out, when you got to get outside of it, can he do, can this team be good still offensively? And that answer, uh, or that question still remains very much unanswered to me.
2: Yeah. So some great stuff there. I will, I will add to it with what I have said publicly, which is, uh, and you just said too, I think Baker was good enough to win the game Sunday. He was good enough to get them to 17 or 20 points. I don't have any. I'm not here to blame that game, and I know you're not either. I'm not here. Some people were, though. I'm not here to blame that game on Baker Mayfield. And I think there have been some others where he's been good enough to win. But it's not just some people like myself who are hard on him. He's the 25th graded quarterback in Pro Football Focus's metrics, which, again, I trust Pro Football Focus's stuff. While it's not perfect, I do trust their stuff. Uh, more than I trust a lot of other quarterback metric-based things, and it's not—it's—it's it's my eyes too, but the data is the data. He's not topped a to seventy-five passing grade all year, and again, I know he's hurt. That's fine. He's—he also doesn't want to use it as a crutch, so we won't use it as a crutch. So he's not—he's not doing the things well in rhythm. So that was a big thing, Jordan, that we talked about in twenty eighteen. Baker was not great in rhythm, but he was a magician outside of structure. He had all 12 big-time throws, and it's like, man, okay, if he can take broken-down plays and make things happen, he'll figure out the in-rhythm stuff later. If he can use this to extend plays and throw, which is what he was doing back then, he wasn't trying to scramble for yardage all the time. He's become this guy who just wants to run when things break down, and I don't know when that happened. He has no faith in throwing the football downfield. I posted a... Uh, uh, one of the first things I posted was the, was I think the second drive of the game. He ends up, it could have been the first drive too. it all mashes together, but he, 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 it's an under center five step drop. He gets pressure from the right side. He gets out of it, does a great job, which he does a pretty good job of being slippery in the pocket, gets out of it, gets out of it, rolls left. And he doesn't have anything really threatening him yet from the inside. And Anthony Schwartz, who's running No, I think he's running a deep dig or whatever could have been a basic, but he sees Mayfield rolling left and he whips it and turns up field. And Minka Fitzpatrick has no chance. Baker just has to put it in the end zone and he'll run under it. He won't throw it. He ends up reaching the football out and trying to scramble for a couple yards. So I, I, he's not doing that. He's not doing the out of structure stuff. Uh, that you can kind of crutch and say, well, you know, he's missing the instructure stuff, but look at all this other stuff he's doing. That's why I think when Nate and some of these people say he's like Russell Wilson without the uh, without the uh, you know broken down play stuff, where Russ is um, is, is magic, he doesn't do that. Yeah. So th- he, that that part he's Russ of the, without
0: the athlete, without the athleticism. I think bingo, is, uh, bingo is, what, <laughs> is the quote from
2: Nate. Yep. And his arm is great. He made a he made a really nice throw early in the game where he worked off of Odell Wright and came back to Higgins on a dig on a third down. He can still torque it. He his arm is still good. And his arm is still in my opinion one of the better arms in the NFL. I believe that it, but the problem is the types of throws he's willing to use that arm. He really is a see it open thrower right now. There's no anticipation. There's no trust. Like if a guy's in a trail technique and again, go back and watch, I'll do this on the, the chalk talk. I do like Odell is on this, this, this flag route. Uh, he works inside to five, push it to 15 and then he's to the corner. And He has Joe Hayden trailing him. No eyes on him. Call call those monument defenders in trail technique. He won't throw it. He won't give him a chance. I highlighted another one. And again, that was the play where he came back to Higgins and it worked out. That's fine. But what I'm trying to say is there is no throw a guy open. Think back to his debut, the ball he threw to Jarvis up the seam. You're like, oh my God, is that what this guy's going to be? He won't throw those anymore. He had... I I highlighted again one of the more popular OBR Film Breakdown Twitter page plays. They have a concept called shock. They get man to man with Joe Schobert, who he knows Joe Schobert's athletic limitations with David Njoku. It calls for Njoku as the number two and three by one to run a just slot fade. He's just literally hitting the third step, hitting him with a little wiggle, outside release, and go. He's wide open, but the problem is he's not open at, you know, the phrase, when he's even, he's leaving. It's a real fair. It's a real NFL phrase. Mm -hmm. You have to anticipate it and throw it. You know, David's running past Joe Schober. You've seen it in practice. My friend, you know, he's more athletic. Throw it. He doesn't throw it. He ends up, I mean, and I'm telling you, go watch it on the page. If you guys haven't seen it, it's a touchdown. He ends up scrambling for five yards, taking a big hit, coming up, getting pumped, whatever. Cool. Like there's just like, if you're asking yourself, why don't the Browns score 30? Why aren't they more fun? I watch the Bills. They're more fun. This is why. Because it has to be dialed up perfectly for him to get it right. And the, and the problem is, I thought week 7 through 17 last year, he was doing all those. All the schemed up things where the eyes need to be, where the ball needs to be delivered. He's been accurate. He was good. He was doing all those things. He was taking every alley-oop Kevin Stefanski could lob to him and throwing it in. Like, Perfect. But this year, he's not doing those things. And when you're not doing the layups, and you can't do the the one-on-one, create-a-shot-at-the-end-of-the-shot-clock stuff that the special quarterbacks in the NFL do, then who are you? You're Danny Green. You're standing in the corner, yep. catch and shoot guy. That's what he is. And that's what the problem is right now. And why you ask yourself, why is the Browns offense so limited? Like you said, Jordan, you have to have a reality check about what Baker Mayfield is. He misses a lot of things right now. He's not throwing with anticipation right now. And he's not creating out of structure. So, what is he doing? He's making like 40% of the throws that he should make um, in terms of like created open throws. And and I'm probably being a little rough on that number, but that's kind of who he is. And that's why the Browns are really frustrating, because he's not able to overcome a bunch of stuff and make it work. So when guys have off games, you have Jarvis with a really bad off game. Odell maybe doesn't play great, whatever. Uh, maybe, you know, I'm trying to think of who else. Maybe Hooper doesn't go up and catch that ball. How do you overcome it? They, they're missing some of those other opportunities to overcome it because the quarterback kind of limits the inside of this struggle. And again, Jarvis should be held accountable. He played terrible. The offensive line played below average. This is not me blaming Baker Mayfield for everything, and I don't want, and Jordan's not doing it either. But we have to have realistic expectations of what the Browns' offense is with Baker at the helm, unless he changes all of a sudden and he goes back to being a guy who's willing to make those shot throws out of out of structure or he's good get, he gets back to hammering in those alley oops that Kevin puts up for him uh within the scheme if he doesn't get back to those things guys we're now trickling toward the middle of year 4 where it could be this is this guy's 26 this could be who he is now there have been cases where guys have figured it out moving forward and and, it, and it's worked out but you know, I thought Doug did a nice job last week of saying that, you know, you're going to run it. You're going to see what he is. And 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 we're probably not to the point. I know I'm not to the point where I'm ready to throw in the towel yet, but I wanted this year to be evidence in Baker's favor. I wanted it to work out for him, but he is not giving us anything other than what we know, and what we know right now is that He's not going to win you football games, and that's what you do, Jordan with the with the rookie deals, man, you give him four years of great structure, four years of great talent around them to to carry him. And then by year five, he's ready to take it. and he's ready to eat the cap that he takes from other players because he's ready to make up for it. So yeah. I'm not there yet. It doesn't mean i did I didn't believe in him before. It doesn't mean I don't like him. I just don't know how you can invest thirty million in him and take away all these other opportunities for other players and feel great about it. I need to, he'll yeah, get a fifth I, year. He's already under contract next year. He's going to get another year. They're probably going to ride it out with him and see if he can ever prove it. But for me right now, I feel less uh, optimistic than I did coming into this year. And I don't know where that changes uh, going forward. And I, I, I'll let yeah. you kind of go with that.
0: No, I mean, I I think you're, it's it's spot on. And I think like, I forget who it was that that tweeted this comparison, but it's obviously not apples to oranges because the 49ers did not draft Jimmy Garoppolo, they traded for him. But they traded for him and they gave him a um a big new deal and they, you know, they get to the Super Bowl with um it, that team was just very very interesting and felt like very, you know, similar to um what this Browns team is a little bit where like They had a sort of perfect season. um, Really great play calling. Jimmy made the throws that were open and available to him. Um, They won some playoff games by just running. They were they were a great running team. Like there are a lot of similarities to sort of how the Browns offense has operated under Stefanski. But now they sort of have this dilemma where they were like they clearly made it you know, known that like Jimmy G's not good enough. So they drafted Trey Lance. They made a big move (laughs) to draft a quarterback who they want to have eventually, you know, it hasn't exactly worked out this season. Like he's, it's been a little bit of a rough go for that rookie quarterback. Then they're back to Jimmy G. But like, that's a situation you don't want to get yourself in where you tie yourself to a quarterback only to realize that like, man, we have a pretty good roster, uh, but we don't have the quarterback who's going to get us over the hump. And like, that's the thing that the Browns can't have and they have to avoid that situation. And like, it, this is just how the NFL works. Like you said, like this is the time frame that you have with a rookie quarterback and you have to make that decision. And that's just the window that you're given. And like the AFC is so open right now. That's, that's what's so crazy about it. And that's what's, I mean, it's a positive for the Browns that like, you know Justin Herbert is struggling a little bit right now and, and the Chargers have fallen off a little bit and the Chiefs are going through whatever it is they're going through and like I don't know if they're going to get themselves right this season and it's just like it's just so wide open and so you just want Baker to sort of Take his game just to a place where it's like where it was last season, uh, like you said, but, the but back half of last season. But
2: that's where the, the, he had that year, Jordan. He had a pretty good right. good year last year. That was the he same did. formula he that did. that was the same formula the Forty Nine ers carried into the Super Bowl. And if the Browns somehow beat the Chiefs, mm-hmm. they could go to Buffalo and get a win there. And all of a sudden, they're like the team that's in the Super Bowl. That is to me baker's ceiling right now as far as the evidence we know is that if everybody around him is playing really well he can be a cog in that machine right he can be a cog in that machine that can kind of help them get where they and that that might be good enough i don't know that might be good enough yep. for some people that might ultimately be good enough for the browns to say you know what we'll give him this 34 million dollar contract and we'll run it but don't pretend like well you know that look look what the rams got out of it and the uh and, and and the Eagles got well. They're they're both you know the Rams had to make a trade that was really unique to be able to get Stafford. Uh, it just yes. like that quarterback at the right time with the right dumpster franchise was ready to kind of give him a chance to go somewhere and thrive, and was also willing to take back your terrible quarterback contract. That's rare. Otherwise, I don't know what the Rams do. And they put themselves in cap hell. They put themselves through draft pick trading to try to figure it out. And they have one. Would have one pick. Next year, they, because they of it, may, the trade they today, not
0: have another first. They may not have another first round pick for like a yeah.
2: decade. Is like that? What you want? You got? I mean, but you can't bank on a Matt Stafford floating out there. You can't. You can't bank no, on that. That was and such you, a
0: you. That was such a unique situation for that Stafford became available.
2: Exactly. And like, look what the look what the Eagles are trying to dig themselves out of. They 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 can't yep. they can't do what they want to do. They drafted another quarterback. So like. You you know we can pretend like yeah they give him another deal it's not the end of the world but it kind of it sets off like you lose four years three years into another deal miles is almost thirty you know he's put he's you know I don't yep. know miles is like twenty five twenty four twenty five he you, you close windows close fast they close really fast really and fast. before you know it so just like being cavalier about well it'll you know they'll give him another deal he's gonna he's gonna sign. Really? like You guys really want to do that? Okay. I'm just saying, I think we all need to be honest about what it takes to make Baker good, the things around him he needs to have, and saying, okay, well, we have this quarterback who can make up for all these other deficiencies on the roster. It's not going to happen. We have no evidence of that happening, so you know i, I and th- that's kind of it on baker for me but you, you can put a bow on yeah, it. yeah right? and
0: I'll, I'll just finish yeah i'll finish it with this like if you just look at you mentioned we're in year four like take baker's body of work and just look at how inconsistent it is 2018 comes in as a rookie obviously that's a it's super chaotic situation with the coaching staff and everything that happened and he dealt with it really well and he made some of the most wow throws i've ever seen from a browns quarterback in my lifetime and we're like okay wow like take a step next year can't wait 2019 is a disaster in general and i'm i don't want to put all of the blame like on baker regressing a lot of that had to do with the coaching staff and the preparation and all that but you can't like he had a terrible year like there's no other way around that so you're like man and then you hit 2020 new coach covid sure comes out, struggles early on to the point where we're after that Steelers game, we're like, oh man, what's going on? We're having some of these same conversations. Turns it around, plays really, really well back half of that season. They make a great run to the playoffs, like you said, who knows? Some things go a different way and they could have ended up in the Super Bowl. Now we're 2021 and we're still asking the same questions. And it's like, at some point, we use that word realistic. And it's like, you have to be realistic about what Baker is. And if Baker Mayfield is a quarterback that from year to year, even from week to week, you're not 100% sure what you're going to get out of him. You're not 100% sure, okay, it, did we coach the aggressiveness out of him? How do we yeah, get it back? Yeah. What happened That's a here? good point. That's
2: a good um, conversation yeah. point right and, there. Uh, that uh, and, probably and has so to be I, flushed out. Just,
0: it has to be flushed out. And I just think it's really hard when you have a quarterback who's a streaky And as a a bit unpredictable as Baker is, because like we said, the quarterback he is now is such a far cry. I, I, that video you tweeted out of all his 2018 throws was just like stunning to watch because it is like he's a completely different person. And it's unfortunate that we haven't been able to, you know, that Baker hasn't been able to marry all the good stuff that he did, like marry the rhythm stuff with the out of structure stuff. It's just always been like one or the other. And that's tough. And when you have to make a decision on a contract, like you said, that's going to limit the Browns from building out the rest of the team. And if it's not a guy that you think can get you where you want to go, like you said, you put it so well, you don't want to become the 49ers. You don't want to become the Eagles where you're locked in to either a quarterback who's not good enough, or you have to go draft somebody. And now you're rebuilding and the window on the guys that were super talented on your roster, like that's all gone. Mm -hmm. And like they're they're putting themselves in a very tough position and they have to make a tough decision on Baker. And like, this is what this has all been leading up to Jake. You and I have had countless conversations about this over the past couple of years. Like this is always what this conversation was heading towards. And I, I don't see it like you. I'm not ready to like, just be like, okay, that's it. There's so much season left and there's so much time for the Browns to sort of, as their schedule loosens up a little bit too, to sort of get themselves right. But like, you know, we're getting close and for me, like right now, the quarterback that Baker is, I just don't know how you could confident be like, Yes, like we're putting X millions in of the cap towards this guy because like you just don't know. And I think like you just have to take into account his four years, how different each year has been, how much he struggled half seasons and like you just can't feel confident about it. like you just can't and I don't think that's a hot take or like that's a, a crazy thing to say. Like it is just watching him week to week and um I just don't know how you could feel that way.
2: Same, same and and I think it like uh I think that the frustration has led to poor play in other places. Um yep. you know I think there's hard decisions at wide receiver that are gonna have to happen. We thought I don't blame them for running it back but there's going to be really hard conversations because that group, and this is not, again, this isn't a pile on Baker thing. We're talking about failures at, at uh, the, the offensive line didn't play well enough. It's pretty documented. I talked about it in the data from the game. They didn't play well enough. The $30 million wide receivers are letting them down too. And there's tough conversations to be had coming there. Cause we're talking about Baker's future. You're talking about hard decisions coming at other positions. So there's a lot going on, guys. There's a lot going on. It is it is hard for me to sit here and think that this is just going to work out. Like this year, it to be like they're going – they have the opportunity. I'm not trying to rain on everybody's parade. They have the opportunities. They'll have a bunch of games that they can get this thing right uh, starting this weekend. But I just have a hard time sitting here and seeing how this team – the offense becomes a completely different version of what they are right now. And you know, they go eleven and six or something. I just have a hard time with it. I just do, and that's yeah. my expectation. Your expectation as a listener could be completely different. And you might Jake, you're an idiot. That's fine. I just have a hard time seeing the offense doing enough figuring it out at that level to push them over the top in a lot of tough games coming. They only have one team on the remaining schedule under five hundred. So uh there yeah. is a and it's like there's a lot coming.
0: There is. And I think like there was a I think Stefanski had a quote in his presser today where he was like, yeah, you know, it's on me to find a way to get Odell more touches. And I think I saw some people are like, you know what, I think that ship may have sailed. You know, like I think we're at a point where like if we haven't quite figured it out by now, I don't think we're going to figure it out. And that sort of represents sort of where the Browns are right now. Like they they have the stuff they do well, but the stuff they need to do better i'm with you like it just doesn't feel great that they're going to be able to get that figured out in the amount of time that they have left to sort of you know get this right and and that's just going to be the reality that they're going to have to deal with and they're going to have to find a way to kind of push through all that but man it's like we're in if we're in week eight week nine and we're saying i still got to find a way to get x player more touches it just is a thing where you're like well you know maybe after week two or week three sure but It's just, it's hard to see that happening right now, the way the Browns are playing. So I'm there with you, man. It's going to, this game, this against the Bagels is going to be a really big one uh, as this past week's game was. but, But now this one becomes even bigger. So it's, you know, they're going to have to go out and prove it. Like that's all you can ask from them. They have to get out there and they have to play well and write and the ship and win. And like, maybe we're having a more positive conversation next week. It just doesn't feel, I don't know how it could feel good right now after that game. Against the
2: Steelers. I, I'd love to be positive. I'd love to tell you, Hey man, sign that guy to 40 million. I'd love to tell him, Hey, restructure with Jarvis, keep him around. You know, I, I don't care what Odell gets paid next year. You're paying him your kid. I would love to say those things, but Right now, if we were trying to spin you those things, we'd be lying to you and doing you a disservice. So I'm just not trying to do that. I'm trying to keep it real about what Baker does well, what he doesn't do well, what Kevin's doing well, what he's not doing well. And the same with everybody else around them and what the big picture stuff looks like. I don't know, Jordan, we're on a streak of negative pods, my friend, when I've had you on where we go down (laughs) negative alley. I don't want to do this again with you. Maybe when we recheck in, maybe a month from now, we're doing something a little more positive. I I I freaking hope.
0: It's just it it is it comes from a place of frustration, you know, Jake. It's not a place of like, ah, oh, man, this team sucks. You know, yeah. this is hard to watch. It's not it's not that because, you know, we've seen. Man, I went I went to that game against the Chargers. I saw that in person. That was a blast, man. Like that game, I know they lost, but they, that game was fun. And you're watching an offense that day that you're just like, they could put up a hundred points. Like it felt like that that day. So like, it's it is a frustration because they have the personnel and sort of talent on this team in a wide open division to make a run at this thing and they're they're not playing up to expectations and and what they should be so it's more of a it's a frustration thing like this isn't something that we want to you know we like talking about it's just sort of the reality of the situation because because of the urgency jake like like we said the urgency of the quarterback decision the urgency of Uh, The window that they have open right now, you know, so we have to have these conversations because the the urgency is there. And we gave you the examples of teams that, you know, didn't meet that urgency. And and this is what has happened. So it it comes from a place of man, you know, like this could be such a special season. And it's it's frustrating when it doesn't kind of live up to that. But, man, you know, the Browns, we just haven't. This is a place we haven't been to have these ex, these legitimate expectations of what it could be. So it's it's good, but it's bad when it doesn't when it doesn't get there. And so hopefully, you know, this game against the Bengals is a lot of fun, and they reassert themselves against a division opponent, and and we can have a different conversation.
2: That's right, man. We're not the only team in the AFC that's four and four having these conversations. You know, there's good teams yeah. like the Chiefs that are having very similar conversations uh, to these around how they get better, where do they go from here, and they're still. Plenty of time to figure it out. This was good stuff, Jordan. We talked about going twenty minutes, we're forty seven minutes in, uh per usual. Hey
0: man, but I knew I knew it was gonna happen. So <laughs> it's it's uh it was it was inevitable.
2: Uh yeah, for, for sure. When you get down these roads, you got a lot to you start to really think about things maybe you didn't think about before we started, and you're like, oh, gotta say that. Anyway, this was great, brother. I appreciate your time, and I know everybody listening does as well. Yeah, man. Appreciate you having me as always. Okay, guys, thanks for joining today. Appreciate Jordan taking time for us. Appreciate you guys checking in again. I understand your opinion of some of these things that we think about. The Browns might be different, willing to have conversations about those things. But I think perspective is really important. And I I try to learn and soak up as many opinions on all of this stuff as I possibly can and give you mine as well. And I hope you appreciate it like I appreciate yours. Uh, continue to check out and use the website TickPick. They do a great job. Thank to thanks to them for sponsoring us. Appreciate your guys' support. There was a Chalk Talk Monday rewind that was posted on Twitch, the OBRs Twitch. If you'd like to go back and check that out, I will be live for the Tuesday night Chalk Talk as well. If you so choose to sit through the torture of rewatching that game, we'll be uh we'll be having that for you. Anyway, thanks for checking out today's episode. We will have defensive, scou- sorry, the offensive All-22 scouting notes and film review on the website for OBR subscribers around lunchtime, so keep your eyes out for that. Appreciate all of your support again. Your uh, subscriptions, downloads, all of it mean the world to me. Appreciate you. Have a great Tuesday, and go Browns.